First song today will be Since Jesus Came Into My Heart, and it's up there. So, hey, Judy.
Rhonda and Judy. Good morning. Glad, I'm glad to see everyone here this morning. A beautiful Sabbath morning, sun shining. Well, almost, but it's pretty warm out there. It's good to see everyone here, and I want to make a special welcome to our visitors that have joined us this Sabbath. We hope that you get a blessing from our service, and we're so glad to have you here. Did you notice all the new decorations this, this morning? We've had a crew busy working all week trying to get things ready for VBS, and it starts Monday. So be sure and check your bulletin for the time it starts, and, and be sure and invite your neighbors and the children that live in those houses. My thought for today is, and I, you have probably heard this before, but I just thought that it's so apropos and we've been experiencing something like this with our blessing ministry that uh, we've been doing for the last year. Uh, the, the quote is, one of the most difficult things to give away is kindness. It always comes back to you. And isn't that true? It, uh, when we have delivered a box and, and uh, visited with the people just briefly, um, we always feel so good and the blessing comes back to us, and uh, we, we just hope that everyone who participates in that can help to get a blessing from it. And just encourage you to have a wonderful week this week, and we'll see you next Sabbath. Good morning. Uh, it's now time for the offering. Uh, we don't pick it up anymore. It is for local church budget, not what was printed. And there's a little box over here, and there's one in the back if you would like to drop your offering in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today is about you. So, Lord, this money that we hold on to is also yours. So, Lord, as these tithes and offerings return, may you do with them as you will, because they're yours to begin with. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And now it's time for the children's story. And as, they, as you come forward, people may give you money that you can put in the little schoolhouse that I'll bring out in front. Okay, and then Auntie Marilyn will have the story.
God. Sariah's parents had passed away, and he was alone. And he was being taken care of by people who loved him, but he was so sad. He just didn't want to eat. He didn't want to play anymore. And one day, when he was riding on an elephant with his caretaker, did I forget to tell you that Sariah is an orangutan? Sariah's an orangutan, and you know there's a way to tell. That's not a monkey, right? An orangutan's not a monkey because what's that song? If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. Even if it has a monkey kind of shape, if it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. It's an ape. So Sariah was an orangutan from the ape family. And he was so sad. But on that day, he was riding on top of an elephant with his handler, Doc. And they were taking a walk down so the elephant could get a drink and play in the water. And Sariah went too. He's just feeling kind of sad. He's sitting on the elephant. I'd be kind of happy if I was on an elephant. But he was kind of sad, missing his parents. Just kind of sad. And as they got close to the water, they saw over here, they saw another animal by the water that just looked exhausted. And that animal was a dog. And I believe it was a blue tick hound. And it just seemed exhausted. And right away, Sariah perked up, got down off the elephant walked over there, and for the first time in days, Sariah and the dog played and played and played. And you know, orangutans tumble over and over and over and over. And he just played and played his heart out. And he was so happy. But then it came time to go back. And so Sariah got on the elephant, and Doc said, go home, go home to the dog. And the dog stayed there said, go on, go home. So the elephant went back to the compound with Doc and Soraya on the elephant. And you know what? A little bit later, that dog followed the elephant at a distance. And they have a compound that's made with some bamboo fences. And the bamboo fences closed kind of like this. They didn't close tight like this with a lock. They closed kind of like this. There was just a little bitty opening like this. And that dog sneaked through that opening. And that dog went looking for the orangutan. And pretty soon, he found him. And he got in there with him, and the orangutan threw his arms around him, and he hugged him to him, and he laid down with him and patted him, and he played with him, and when the people came, they saw the dog in the enclosure with Soraya, and they said, what happened? And you know what? When the dog was done, he was so exhausted, it was clear he hadn't eaten. And so they took the food into the orangutan, and they wondered what would happen now. And the orangutan gets something that's like a little biscuit. And do you know what the orangutan did? What did he do? 
Yes, he fed the biscuits to the dog. Soraya knew the dog was hungry, and the dog was so hungry. So they put up ads for the dog, and nobody came to claim him. And you know what they did? They named him Roscoe. Yep, they named him Roscoe. And he was a big dog, about this big. And Soraya is an orangutan who stands about this big. And they have become the very best of friends. They play together. They eat together. They share their food with one another. And, you know, they pat one another. They lay in the hot sun and take their naps together. And Soraya's kind of afraid of the water. Doesn't swim very good. So they put a life jacket on Soraya, and then he hangs on to Roscoe's collar, and Roscoe pulls him through the water too. And so they play in the water, and Roscoe will take the, or excuse me, Soraya will take Roscoe's leash and take him out and take him for a walk. And while he's walking, Soraya will do somersaults the whole time he has his leash because they are best friends. They're the very best friends. And now Roscoe gets to ride on the elephant, too. I mean, how cool is that? So, you know, Roscoe has filled a need for Soraya. Soraya was so lonely and so sad. And Roscoe has loved Soraya. And Soraya loves Roscoe. And they're best of friends. And they play every day. And they visit every day in that strange way animals have of visiting. And they love one another. How many of you have a best friend? Okay. So I have, a, I have a best friend. In fact, I have two or three best friends. Some of my best friends are sitting here today. And they're wonderful. You get to call them on the phone. I don't think that Roscoe and Soraya probably talk on the phone, do you? No, but you get to call them on the phone and you get to tell them when you're sad and tell them when you're happy. But I also want you to know that those are things we can also share with Jesus because he is also our best friend. Now, we can't see him. We can't see him right now as far as a person, but we can see the things he does. So I want you to think about that. When you're sad or when you're lonely or when you're feeling great and you're happy and you want to share that and you've talked with your best friend and maybe you have two or three best friends and you've talked with your parents, take the time also to share that with your best friend, Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. You can go back to your seats. Now we get to sing some more. And this song I don't think is long enough, so we're going to sing it twice.
request that we sing something from the hymnal because not all of us are under 50 <laughs> whatever so we're going to sing power in the blood because that's a rousing song
It's time for prayer, and so we're going to sing a prayerful song. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. This is the time in our church service when we take our praises and our um, requests to the Lord. So um, before we have prayer, I just have a couple of announcements to make. If you will please, during the week, remember Roscoe Hostead and his family in your prayers. Um, maybe some of you have heard that Roscoe um, had surgery in Portland um, and was hospitalized there. While he was hospitalized, um, he contracted COVID. So um, Patty is there with him, but unable to see him. She's being, um, she's renting a an apartment that the hospital provides for families. So she's there, but she's just not able to see him. And during his surgery, uh, it was apparently discovered that he needs a second surgery, and that is scheduled soon. So uh, we ask that you please remember Roscoe and his family in your prayers this week. I know that they would appreciate it very much. Also, I know all of us are so excited that we have Stephen Farr as our pastor. He takes my breath away in the sense that I can't keep up with him. But you know, it may look like he has it all together, and for the most part he does, but he's a young man. This is uh, kind of a new church to him. And um, he has uh, requested our prayers for him. So please remember Pastor Farr this week in your prayers. So now it is time to bring our attention to uh, prayer. For those of you who can, uh, we ask you to kneel. If you cannot kneel, 
then be in an attitude of prayer as we go before the Lord. Our Father, our God, and our Creator, thank you so much for this Sabbath day. Thank you for giving us this Sabbath day, a day from which we can gather together and also to rest from our labors, not only mental but physical, that we have um, done during the week. We pray that you will help us to focus our attention more on you today in um, our thoughts and our prayers. We also ask that you will be with your believers worldwide, that you will draw close to them as they also worship you. You are our great forgiver, and we thank you for uh, forgiving us of all of our sins. And because of that, I'd like to present each one of us before you this morning that you will forgive each one of us of all of our sins, that the Holy Spirit may work in each of our lives this morning as Lynn brings a message to us. We pray for ears to hear, a heart that hears. May the words that are spoken here this morning through the ministry of Lynn and Chris May the Holy Spirit impress upon us those words that we need in our lives. We also ask that you will be with Roscoe Hosted and his family during this difficult time. We know that they have had um, many sorrows in their life uh, with the uh, death of some of their children and families, and so we just pray that you will draw near to them, wrap your arms of love around them, give them strength that only you can give them, and, and may they find comfort in you. We also pray that you will be with our pastor, Stephen Farr, wherever he is this morning. We ask also that you will give him wisdom you will um, bring um, sustenance and strength into his life. Um, may we act as conduits of your love towards him. And now we pray that you will be um, with us through the remainder of the Sabbath day and in the week to come. May you bless each one of our lives. Amen. I have a few too many assignments, I guess, this morning to keep track of them all. 
Your uh, scripture reading this morning is taken from Matthew chapter 24, and rather than all of the verses that are listed in the bulletin, uh, Lynn has asked that I just read to you this morning verse 12. So Matthew 24, verse 12. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. Sabbath. I am not Lynn Byers, in case you are new here. Those who are old know the difference. Do you know? Yeah, he's older than me. Ah. Am. 80 looks really good about right now, you say? All right, Stephen's away, so the mice get to play. In the bulletin it says, please silence your electronic devices. Please take out your electronic device. We're going to try something as a group. Go to whatever text application that you have. And do you, does everybody here have Stephen's phone number, his cell phone number? Since he's published it, I'm sure it's in the public domain. So if you do not have Stephen's cell phone number, in your text box, type in this number. 360-477-7362. Next, go to your text line and tell him how much you love him. I want to overwhelm Stephen today. And this goes for the people that are joining us online. Please send, because we're here to celebrate the fact that we have a pastor again. And I think we got a fairly lively one, it seems. Amen. Amen. So, uh, send him a text of love. Because sometimes I don't think pastors hear that enough, the positives. They hear about all the negatives. So this morning, let's do something positive with these electronic tracking devices we all carry. (laughs) Amen. Oh, I meant cell phones. Amen. Amen. Okay. Business is out of the way. I hope that you overwhelm his cell phone with messages. I would like to interject right now to say what a pleasure it is to look out into the audience once more and see your lovely faces. Eight years I've had the pleasure of having your pleasure with me here on the Sabbath. Let's see if we can't keep that up. Thank you. Amen. All right, let's play. Go ahead and read 24, 3 to 14. 24, 3 to 14. This is Matthew 24, 
verses 3 to 14, so that we get this all in context. Okay, I'm reading out of the NLT today, and my personal preference for today, and it's Jesus Speaks About the Future, chapter 24. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, the disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings, but he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus said on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will this happen? What sign will, be, will signal your return and the end of the world or ages? For Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place. But the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many peoples. 2.14. 12. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow old. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. Blessed the reading of the words. Amen. There's a verse in here, and it's the one that Judy read that I've always wondered about because it seems out of place. And it's the verse that says, sin will be rampant every place. And in King James, it uses the word iniquity in place of sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. Now, we remember from Romans 8 where it says, after Eden, all of creation was set under the power of sin, correct? This is the way it is because of the sin of Adam and Eve, all of creation is now under the power of sin, which yes. makes them sinners, the outcome of being a sinner is what? Death. And sin in the active life. At the end, result is death. But during their lifetime, do they do righteous acts? No. Probably not. Because as, I don't know, a lot of you were raised in church, so I know that none of you have sin in your life or Shame. had sin in your life. But those of us who did not have that experience recognize this more fully. Yes, Lord. That the outcome of my sinful nature was that I sinned. And this verse is always, because it seems to be that we're looking outside of the church, right, at those that are sinners. When you go to the original language, it shows a different picture, unfortunately. That this is talking about us in the building in a relationship with God. Because it's unusual for a sin to, would it be unusual if you're looking at a bunch of sinners and all of a sudden sin gets worse? No, it's the out, natural outcome of sin. So 
that doesn't make sense to me. So when I go to, went to the original language, it said that these are the people that are inside. That's where the implication is, that it's the people in church. So we shouldn't be looking outside for an increase in sin and sinfulness. We should us. be looking within our own four walls, the, the walls of Christendom. <laughs> and when we see some of the things that are being preached, maybe it makes more sense. That there's gospels of prosperity being preached that tell you, if you're in a relationship with God, he is going to bless you materially. He has to. He has no choice because it's a promise. Mm. Well, it's a misreading of the word. So we can preach any kind of gospel we want, but the true gospel is the one that's going to go out to the world, and then the end will come. And not that's the go good yes. news yes, of Lord. the coming of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes, yes. So when I was looking at this stuff, I thought, so how can we see the difference, because once we're in relationship with God, right, there's a base change in our lives, right? Romans 6. Romans 6. We are now going to Romans 6, verses 5 through 11. Let me know when you're there, please. Chapter 6. Five to twelve. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Continue. Yes, through 11. Through 11, you said that. And since we died with Christ, we know we will always live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you always should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. This is what Christ did for each one of us. Not upon any great amount of righteousness that we garnered in ourselves through righteous acts. We haven't got it. Because without Christ in us, we are sinners. Yes, Lord. So this thing is, it says in verse 6, we are no longer slaves to sin. We're not any longer owned by sin. Our, our citizenship is no longer in sin. You know, when God led Moses and the people out of the slavery in Egypt, where did he take them? What wilderness did he go into? I wish Norman was here. We'd have an answer like that. The wilderness of sin. And that's the amazing thing, is we are actually wandering 
in the wilderness of sin. When mm. we look around us, what do we see? Death the fruit of the people who inhabit the wilderness of sin, mm. where we used to live, <laughs> where we used to reside and we're happy, right? On Sin Street. No changes. At least I can speak for myself there. Amen. Because I know church people don't have that, that you've already transcended that. But the truth of the matter is none of us has. But what, we, what I have found in myself also as I step away from that being that I was, that I want to point out other sin and I want to capitalize it. All caps, sin. Well, they, because they're in the church, they do this. They say this, where when I look at myself, I want to make all the letters as small as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder about there. that. And I don't think, does this please God? There you and go. I don't think so, because he, he doesn't want us to have horizontal vision. And that's what it's about. It's like when they're in the wilderness, what happens, right? They're all messing up and not doing what God says. So he sends them some scorpions and snakes. And they start biting and stinging them. And they say, but Lord, what are we going to do now? And he says, well, put this thing on a pole and look at it. Well, what you talking about? wait a minute. <laughs> a okay. serpent on a stick can't cure anything, but the moment that they looked at this thing, they were healed yes. and held safe. Yes. So today, I want us to look at it from the eyes, possibly, of someone that experienced the same thing, and that's Paul, Saul, and then Paul. So let's go to Romans 7. We are there, sir. Verses 15 to 25. Well, let's go to 14. 14 to 25 of Romans 7. Romans 7, struggling with sin. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Excuse me. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power takes me, makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is 
in my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Amen. 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 I know none of you struggle with this, right? Because you've attained that amount of righteousness. Unfortunately for those of us that come to a relationship later in life, it's not quite that easy. I struggle daily with sin. Daily. Amen. I struggle daily, daily with many sins, but at least now there's some struggle. Before it was just, it's all good. And that is the change. That is the change that comes over us when Christ comes in. As it says in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, upon belief we receive the Holy yes, Spirit. Lord. Not through any act of righteousness yes, that Lord. we have done, but because he is gracious and merciful. Amen. Amen. And how do we know that this is true, that it's not us, it's him? The Bible actually answers this. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. 10, 10. 10. Say amen when you get there, please. Amen. amen. Ten. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come. Not the good things themselves. The sacrifice under that, I'm sorry, what verse? Ten. Ten. Ten, ten. Ten, ten. I just said that too. <laughs> Forgive me. Reading about God makes me excited. We'll try that one more time. For God's will was for us to meet. Let's try this one more time. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Amen. I have a question. What part did you play in this and what did it accomplish? It says, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ's body, who was made holy? Paul is included in that, and yet what does he say? I am still a slave to sin because of the sin that lives within this flesh body yes. that I inhabit. Yes. And that I believe is true for every believer. We will be in these sinful bodies until Christ comes back or we shuffle off this mortal <laughs> coil. Thank you, Lord. So our hope has to be in Christ. It can't be in myself because I'm going to get angry. I'm going to see things that the lust of the eyes want. I am going to see others do, and I will think less of them. I loved when Jennifer Ogden was here. She made a point about something that just astounded me. It was like being slapped in the face. If I think or speak about someone else as if they have less value than anyone else, I am committing murder. Yes. Exclusion of exclusionary of what they're doing. It doesn't matter. We have condemned them. And remember in Matthew 5 where he's speaking on the mount, he says, if you get angry, you've done the same as committed murder. As well I do these on a regular basis because I struggle with sin. And why do I do this? Let's go to James because this is easy. I love James 1. James 1, verses 12 through 14. 
the first chapter of James, Amen. verses 12 through 14. I am C. Would you mind reading that for me, please? Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Thank you, Lord. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Amen. And these desires give birth to sinful action. And the action is sin, is, and it is allowed to grow. It gives Thank birth you. to death. Because this is the state of being in this body, is that we will be enticed. There's no sin in being enticed. Our evil desires, there's sin in that. There's sin in the conclusion of it, but there's no sin in the enticement. So let's go to... First Peter, because it explains First Peter three. Verses eight through twelve. Eight. All Christians. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil, don't retaliate with insults when people insult you, instead pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do and he will grant you his blessings for the scriptures say. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lip from telling lies. Through 12. Through 12. All right. 12, 11. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Amen. When we remember that in John 13, it tells us how we'll be known. We'll only be known by one thing, how we treat, and in some other version says, love one another. Yes. That's the only descriptive that we have. That's how the world as a whole will know whether we are followers of Jesus or followers of our own sin yes. self. There's no two roads. There's only two roads there, the one of self-indulgent, and the self world of the road of following Christ, a rabbi. And it's easy to say that. But the truth is, we see people in the church in search, in search for so many things. But I think that the main search is for this peace that people reach out to pharmaceuticals for, they reach out to sex for, they reach out to drugs for, they re reach out to alcohol for. But the Bible says there's only one place where you'll find peace, and that's in him, Christ's words himself. He says, in me you will find peace. In the world you'll have trouble or tribulation. So 
in this reaching, if we can shift our eyes away from looking for this happening, you know, when is Christ coming? And we look around and we're waiting for this increase in sinfulness. Why are we focused on sin? Why not focus on Christ and what he did for us in this saving thing that he did so many years ago? That he did for each one of us. He did also for the person sinning against you. I want to separate those out. God doesn't. So it's easy to sit in church and feel good because we're insulated here from the realities of the sinful world. But the truth is, the minute you walk through the door, we see it, and I want to judge it, and it's not my job. God will reveal, he says, I'll have mercy upon who I will have mercy, and I will have judgment upon who I will have judgment. Praise out, Chris. Heavenly Father, once again, we have come to that point where we must return from which we came, and we thank you for the mercies of travel. Bless us, dear Lord, in our desires and thoughts for the week to come, for the message that remain in the Spirit. Bless those who were not able to make it here today for one reason or the other. Thank you, Lord, for the time that you have allowed us to be with one another in brother and sisterhood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.